0: Listen to this, you that trample on the needy and try to destroy the poor of the country. You say to yourselves, we can hardly wait for the holy days to be over so that we can sell our grain. When will the Sabbath end so that we can start selling again? Then we can overcharge, use use false measures and fix the scales to cheat our customers. We can sell worthless wheat at a high price, will find someone, someone poor who can't, play, who can't pay his debt, debts, not even the price of a pair of sandals, and will buy him as a slave. The Lord God, the God of Israel, has sworn I will never forget their evil deeds. Great. Thank you very much indeed. So we've just heard uh, the old prophet... Uh, Old Testament prophet Amos uh, gave a message of doom and gloom. Uh, if you remember uh, the Dad's Army slogan, uh, we are, we're doomed, we're doomed. Uh, you know, he gave this message that we've just heard read two years before a massive earthquake hit the region. And in fact, Amos predicted. That earthquake, if we turn to our Bibles, we can see in Amos chapter 8, uh, Amos describe that earthquake to come. I'll just uh, read this to you. In that day, declares the Sovereign Lord, the songs in the temple will turn to wailing. Many, many bodies flung everywhere. Silence. Will not the land tremble for this? And all who live it in mourn, the whole land will rise like the Nile. It will be stirred up, then sink like the river of Egypt. In that day, declares the Sovereign Lord, I will make the sun go down at noon and darken the earth in broad daylight. I will turn your religious festivals into mourning, all your singing into weeping. I will make all of you wear sackcloth and shave your heads. I will make that time like morning for an only sun and the end of it like a bitter day. You know, geologists and archaeologists say that there is evidence that a massive earthquake hit that region at that time. Experts believe that it would have been something around eight on the Richter scale. This was a massive earthquake devastating earthquake and looking at the evidence there they cite evidence of flattened buildings ceilings that smashed onto the floor with the artifacts beneath them walls leaning huge stones cracked the foundations of buildings shifted building stones that had literally jumped off of each other even paved floors were split there is the evidence of massive landslides. It literally, they say, moved mountains several hundred metres. And Amos describes this earthquake to come by the heaving and convulsing of the very earth beneath them, as we know today, that it's as though the earth becomes liquefied, solid rock becomes liquefied, like a river or a sea. And the sun is often darkened as the dust rises. The roaring sound of an earthquake, and then silence and death and corpses, bodies everywhere, and weeping and wailing. Wow. You know, Amos was warning the people, trouble is on its way. As we hear the words of the song, there may be trouble ahead. An earthquake is coming. He'd warned them, but you know what? They wouldn't listen. Well, before he gives this message... See, God shows him something. Um, We could say perhaps something of this. In fact, we've got some of it here. He shows ripe fruit. We hear Amos saying, this is what the Sovereign Lord showed me, a basket of ripe fruit. What do you see, Amos? A basket of ripe fruit, I answered. Then the Lord said to me, The time is ripe, is ready for my people Israel. I will spare them no longer. My, what a message to bring. But why was God going to send disaster? Well, the reason was this. And we've heard something of that reason already read this morning. You see, the people were cheats. They were crooks. They were liars, they were thieves, they were dishonest, they were greedy, they were selfish. In their worship of God, they paid only lip service to him. They would serve him and worship him, but they were doing the opposite in the way that they treated their fellow human beings. And this is a warning to us here today. You see, God cares very much about how we live our lives. It's lovely to have a harvest service, to sing hymns and songs, to pray our prayers and to decorate the church and to gather in this way. But how are we acting towards the poor and the needy in our daily lives? Let's hear what Amos has to say. And I've a few things to show you. The first are a set of boots. I'm afraid these are a bit muddy. These are not mine. These are Sandra's. A pair of boots for walking, for marching, for climbing, for trampling. And in fact, God sees, Amos says, when we trample on the needy. We trample on the needy. In other words, we climb on them to get to where we want to be. We climb on them in order to get what we want to have. We want our cheap clothes. We want our cheap food. We want our coffee and our sugar and our chocolate. So we overlook the working conditions. Those in their sweatshops, where people are paid barely anything, where their lives are shortened. Where people farm and harsh, they endure harsh treatment because of their owners. We want our latest phone. And ignore the fact that the precious metals and components in our phone, they come from mines in very dangerous situations where thousands lose their lives in order to get us our phones to extract the ore to make the components but we don't care because i want the latest phone and i want my cheap food and i want my cheap clothes so i will trample on the needy in fact God sees when we try to destroy the poor of our country. Can you imagine what would happen, the shocks and the gasps, if I were to use this mallet to smash this display? I'm sorry, (laughs) Sheila. (laughs) I won't. Because can you imagine the outcry? Can you imagine the horror If I was to do that here with you this morning, to go through this and start smashing it and destroying it, we would care about that, wouldn't we? God sees when we try to destroy the poor of the country. Will we make our choices to ensure that we care for those who are poor, the poor in our society are cared for, that we redistribute wealth in fair ways. You see, God is on the side of the poor. And yet, do we care about the way in which we make our choices and that will smash people's lives? I'm going to ask you to do something now. If you have a wallet or a purse here today, I want you to get it out. Don't worry, I'm not going to take anything off of you. But if you have a purse or a wallet here today, maybe you uh, keep your cash uh, without a purse or a wallet. But if you have a purse or a wallet, get it out now. And I want you to... Out of that purse or wallet, if you have a note, take a note out. It could be a five pound note, could be a ten pound note, could be a twenty pound note, could even be a fifty pound note. No, no, I'm afraid. You're going to keep hold of it. Don't, don't you worry. You're going to keep hold of it, and hold it up nice and high so that everyone can see how much money you've got. Have a look around. So we've all got money, cash or notes or change. In fact, those of you who've got a card, a debit card, so you've got cash in one hand, how about you take out your credit cards or your debit card and put it in the other hand? There, we, We've got some up here. and We'll hold it up. You see, we've got our cash and our credit and our debit cards And as you hold that up, it may make your arms ache a little while, but just hold it before you. Recall what Amos says, or God through Amos says. You say to yourselves, we can hardly wait for the holy days to be over so that we can sell our grain. When will the Sabbath end so that we can start selling again? See, they're ticking off the days, the hours, before they can grab the cash, before they can make their money. So often, money is the thing that we pursue, whether it's in paper or plastic form, or plastic form. We want to pursue money. We live our lives around money. You can put your money away now. They can't wait to get their hands on more money. And so the religious festivals that they engage in is lip service. It's going through the motions in order to get back to the proper stuff of making and gaining money. And in fact, the way in which they would do this is they would do it unscrupulously. They would do it unfairly and unjustly. We read how they, then we can overcharge. And you may know what it's like to be overcharged something, which is not a very pleasant experience. You see, these words in uh, Amos could be the first reference to wonga.com. You see, they would con people out of money. They would charge massive interest on loans, even though God told them not to do that to their own people. Not only that, but they would get their measuring jugs and their measuring baskets and, and the things that they use to measure their grain and their oil and their uh, wine and, and so on. And you can imagine they would put a little adjustment in the bottom of the measuring jug, so that when it was filled up, it would be pouring out less than what they had said they were giving. And they would con people. They would try and pull the wool over one another's eyes. They'd say, I'm selling this to you, so many litres for so much money. And it was a lie. It was a cheat. In fact... They would even fix these, and I, I have thank Jill to thanks for this. And when she said she would get me these, I had not imagined that they would be as substantial. Here we go. I wonder if I could have someone's help, someone who knows roughly their weight. Okay, if someone could help me here, someone who knows roughly their weight in stone, stone and ounces, anyone, anyone come up, you know roughly your weight, okay, so, do you mind sharing that with other people? Uh, about five, six. About five, six, okay, so if you send on there, don't fall off, all right, five, six, what does it say? What's that number saying? Twelve. twelve. <laughs> off you get. Let's have a look. I know how much I am. Oh my. <laughs> you sure these scales are right? Okay, so get on. So you said five, six, did you? Let's have a look. No, definitely twelve. Okay, off you get. So if you were a sack of corn, I would charge you for 12 stone worth of corn, wouldn't I? Yeah, thank you. Okay, thanks very much. Give it a round of applause. Very good. And they would fix the scales so that they were different, so that they would overcharge people and it wouldn't be a true representation of their weight. I think they're broken. broken. So They fix the scales to cheat our customers, they say. And not only that, but they would sell worthless wheat at a high price. In other words, it's a way of mixing in. So the wheat, you would uh, get rid of all the chaff, all the bits on the outside, the worthless stuff, normally, and have just the good stuff. But what they were doing was bundling in the worthless stuff as well, mixing it in. Here was a, a trading standards nightmare. And as we read our ingredients on here, we expect to be able to read the ingredients and see what's in them. So, what's in this one? One minute. Milk. Okay, milk. Is <laughs> in that one? And uh, in other words, wait, what's in this one? Cool, why do they make this so small? Okay, baked beans. Baked beans in that one. But of course, there's all kinds of other ingredients, and there's also little weights and, and so on in here. We've got regulations and standards to uphold. And yet, there, they didn't. They cheated one another. And in fact, they did this. For a price of a pair of sandals, and these are my daughter's flip-flops, these are not mine. (laughs) For a price of a pair of flip-flops, they would sell one another into slavery. The price of a pair of flip-flops. Can you imagine that happening today in our world? That people would be sold for less than this. That's how much they're worth in other people's eyes. Surely that doesn't still happen today around the world, does it? And we're quite happy to be part of systems where the poor are oppressed and we stay silent and we do nothing about it. In fact, we do worse than that. We deliberately make choices knowing the consequence for other people of those choices. So let me make this clear. God sees everything. We can't hide our wrongdoing from God. And he sees when you are treated badly by another when you are bullied or picked on or treated unjustly. And he sees when we do that to others in the way in which we live our lives. The Lord, the God of Israel, has sworn I will never forget their evil deeds. Here is a clear threat from God. If you don't change your ways, there are consequences. So as we celebrate harvest, and all that we have, and all that we enjoy, let us be reminded that if we are enjoying the fruits of injustice and oppression, then we have been warned. We need to be on the side of the poor and the needy, because God's on their side not on the side of the oppressors and the liars and the cheats. May we not turn a blind eye to injustice so that we can get what we want and when we want it. Because if we are seeking to worship God in this way, then we need also to be loving God by loving our fellow human being, whoever they are, and recognise that we may be those who are called to make a difference to the oppressed, the lied to, the victimised, the trafficked. Because otherwise, the warning that will shake our world is there. Amen.